This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. Quick note on a few shows we are planning on coming up. Tonight we continue our State of the League series reviewing everyone's team in our Dynasty League. And tonight... One of us is, again, under the microscope, but it's not me. I wonder who it'll be. We also have a pre-draft ranking special coming up next week in advance of the NFL draft that will be on April 29th, and we will be covering our current Dynasty rankings before the draft as well as a list of the top 25 rookies for Dynasty before we know their new homes. We will all have night-by-night coverage during the draft. Make sure to follow our Twitter feeds for full live reactions at tj 3 Miami2112, as I will be doing a video draft diary on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You're going to get sick of us how much you end up seeing us, but we will also be doing our yearly post-draft mock draft, and you try saying that five times fast, uh, to get you ready for the summer with a couple of special guests we have lined up for you. Uh, I know that we're excited about what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be really fun. Finally, we are planning on a special rules series this summer coming up with things like the Superflex, multi-week playoff series, tight end premium, vampire leagues, half PPR versus full PPR, and many other ideas. So we're going to be trying to cover that all during the summer, talking you through it, weighing the pros and cons and things of that nature. So you won't want to miss out on that one. But if you do have some ideas of things you'd like us to cover, weigh the pros and cons on, I'd certainly be in support of that. You can email us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. You could also sign up for our mailing list there. All right. As I just said, we are continuing our few mini episodes on the state of the league. And tonight, the team up under the microscope is Shadynasty. Yeah, I'm, I'm under the scope now. A little nervous. Take it easy on me. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> So let's just review your 2020 draft profile. You had traded for the season before the rights to the number two overall pick, and with it you took Jonathan Taylor. Obviously that seemed to have worked out in some degree, but at number nine, uh, again in the first round, you took Jalen Rager. Number 19 overall, Joe Burrow. Number 29, Brian Edwards. Number 49, Joshua Kelly. Number 59, the Kansas City defense. And to round out your team, you do what a lot of people do with their seventh-round pick. You drafted a kicker, Jake Elliott. I won't spend any time on your sixth or seventh-round picks. Now, for your top five picks, Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Rager, Joe Burrow, Brian Edwards, and Joshua Kelly, only one is currently still on your roster, but you use two of them as trade assets. So how would you rate your 2020 draft? You know, if I kept all those people, I, I would actually be pretty happy with my 2020 draft um, with Jonathan Taylor coming on as strong as he did towards the end. I really do think Jalen Rager's best football is ahead of him. And I have really big expectations, just like Ed does for Brian Edwards. Um, I really do think he's going to be a good one. But yeah, um, Joe Burrow, I we talked about it earlier on. I only took that pick out of necessity. I really didn't want him, but he was really the best player that was on the board. Used him to get Kyler. Um, And then Jonathan Taylor, I've said it a million times, I wish I would have taken Cam Akers at that pick, but, you know, used him to get a trade as well. So I'm, like I said, if I had all those guys, I'd be pretty happy with my draft. 
Well, I mean, if you look at it as uh, drafting the first three picks being Miles Sanders, uh, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Rager, I think most people would be a little bit happier with the overall output than just to say that Jalen Rager is the only one of those five that's still currently on your team. I think there is a bit of jockeying for that argument, more or less, because it, it doesn't tell the full nuance of the story. When I look at this, I... I think I could easily say it's part of the reason that you were in the fantasy championship game, but I also think that it's going to end up restraining you from being as competitive as you could have been over the next couple of years in, in a few ways, which you knew at the time and we had discussed it. Right. So I I won't go through all of that. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like we talked about it. I knew that I was kind of sacrificing my future going for it this year because seeing the injuries that Ben was dealing with, I really felt like the best window that I had was this year. And I still agree with that. It's just Dana went on such an incredible run um, managing his team throughout the playoffs. But yeah, um, future future is a little bit in doubt but that's why you play that's why you play the game and that's what makes dynasty so much fun too because now i gotta scramble and i gotta rebuild so um i'll have fun with that absolutely and despite being a lawyer son i don't want to relitigate everything so just putting (laughs) that out there all right let's turn over to your roster you only have one quarterback on the roster. You started last year with Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill being on your team. You ended up with Joe Burrow being traded for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is the only quarterback on your roster. He is comfortably in the top five, I would say, right now for most people's rankings at the position. But given that he's the only quarterback on your roster, how do you feel about this position going into 2021? Um, I feel like I can pick up another pretty decent quarterback in free agency. Kind of wish I would have held on to Tannehill, but I wanted to create space for the playoffs for other skill positions. But having Kyler as my lead horse with his running ability, hopefully his passing ability gets better. Um, That has a lot to do with the offense, as you always talk about, but uh, it could be worse. Kyler Murray was the first overall pick two years ago. You ended up taking in last year's draft the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. And I have to wonder if, since you have only one quarterback on the roster, is that with a draft coming up that is projecting to have five quarterbacks taken within the first 15 picks, is that a potential area of consideration for your draft strategy? Oh, this is getting good. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I really haven't thought about taking a quarterback. Like, I feel really, really set with Kyler. If another quarterback drops to me kind of like it did last year, of course, I'll take the best player available. But not my top concern right now is quarterback. It's not something you're actively targeting. It's more or less if the board falls to that. Correct. 100%. Makes sense. I understand. So let's move over to running back then which has been the strength of your team for a number of years. Currently at the position, you have Giovanni Bernard, which I believe he went to Tampa Bay this week after he was cut, further watering down that uh, Tampa Bay running back situation. But Dalvin Cook had his best season ever last year with 16 total touchdowns, 1,500 yards on the ground, as well as 44 receptions, 361 yards receiving, and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott had a down year, did not reach a thousand yards for the season but he's still been a mainstay in the top 10 of running backs pretty much his entire career up to this point you also have 
Joe Mixon coming off of a disappointing season post his injury, but again, a guy that has been projected at worst uh, at the low end of RB2 category consideration, but with RB1 upside. And finally, Miles Sanders, who you traded Jonathan Taylor for with a couple of other picks, coming off of a little bit of a disappointing season due to a lot of the struggles that Philadelphia was going through, but could potentially see an uptick with a more run-centric offense in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts likely the starter at least until we see what the Eagles draft looks like. So how do you feel about your running back room at the moment? I do think my running back room is my strongest position, but I also do have a lot of questions about my running backs. One is Miles Sanders is... Is he going to be as big of a focus of that offense as I think that he should be? That's a big question for me. Joe Mixon, his health, like the potential and the big playability is there for Joe Mixon. I think he's a very well-rounded three um, down back because he's really good in the passing game as well. It's just his health. He's never freaking healthy. And then Zeke with Zeke um, going through that five game span. He was on, he was on, um, he was on par to score 16 touchdowns. He hadn't had a 100-yard game yet, but he was doing very, very well for the first five games of the season. Then Dak got hurt and kind of the wheels went off. I, too, also kind of question how much COVID played a factor in that because he did have COVID earlier in the season. And Jason Tatum, for example, for the Celtics, he now has to use a inhaler before every game, which is something that he's never had to do in life. So you kind of wonder those effects. So as big a names as I have, I feel like I really do have a lot of questions with my running back room. I would tend to agree. I don't like some of the health issues that have been apparent. I've been an avid person on hammering the Delvin Cook has never finished a full 16 game slate and now we're going to 17 games. So uh, thus why I'm a proponent of the handcuff system, particularly when you have a uh, running back friendly offense like the Cowboys are going to be or the Vikings have been statistically over the years. That's just one of the reasons that I would go to it. But Joe Mixon is a guy that a few people are a little bit higher on this week due to the fact that Bernard now got cut and the Bengals don't have a clear number two on the team at the moment to back him up. But given how many games he missed last year, that is somewhat of a question mark. I personally am not a proponent of the Eagles offensive system other than Jalen Hurts' running ability, which could lift Miles Sanders, but I'm not high on a lot of the pass catchers. So with that, I will transition quickly to the <laughs> wide receiver room because Jalen Rager is already just, a player that we talked about. You just had to get that shot in. You had to get that shot in, huh? <laughs> I, I, am, I am on my game tonight you with are. all the transitions Absolutely. and everything else that's going on. You're doing so, very well. <laughs> let's go into your wide receiver position is clearly your deepest position, at least by amount of players. Antonio Brown, obvious question marks. I don't think he'll make your final roster uh, cuts, but Russell Gage, probably another one. Chris Godwin, though, great two years ago, a little bit of a disappointment last year, still comfortably in the top 30 of wide receivers overall. DeAndre Hopkins, another stalwart top receiver, Probably a wide receiver one again, but wasn't at quite as elite as he has been in the past last year. Julio Jones getting past the uh, sell-by date, if you ask certain people, but kind of seeded some of that number one territory, even on his own team to Calvin Ridley last year, and going to a more run-centric offense with Arthur Smith coming in. Uh, I 
am a little bit concerned with that. Denzel Mims was a guy you ended up picking up off the scrap heap. I'm not sure why he was dropped in free agency, but that Jets receiver core and what they're going to establish on offense yet remains to be seen, especially bringing in Matt LaFleur's brother uh, in order to be the offensive coordinator up there. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I would doubt that he'll probably make your final roster. Jalen Rager, Allen Robinson the second, the grossly underrated wide receiver. That rounds out your running back room. I posit to you, oh, excuse me, and I missed DJ Moore in there somewhere. Not completely on my game tonight, but <laughs> many of these guys are guys that we've discussed quite often on this show in the last year and some of them had some underperformance yet you still ended up in the championship game last season pretty much on the strength of some of these guys being even at their worst their floors were still consistent enough to raise you to winning levels on most weeks how do you feel about this wide receiver room moving into 2021 listen i'm i'm with you with the julio thing i keep wondering when it's all gonna fall apart and i really think the only thing that can stop julio is his body himself he was hurt. He was hurt all this last year. But when he was playing, he was putting up points. Like week one, 23 points. Week six, 35. Seven, 13, eight, you know, 20. And that was his longest stretch of playing games. Like when he's playing, he's playing really well. And he's they're feeding him a lot of targets. The question is, can he hold up? Allen Robinson, <laughs> the Bears, man, they're killing me. Like, just get him. A, he's never played with a decent quarterback in his entire career. And you're right. He's one of the most underrated wide receivers in this entire league. New Hopkins, you kind of do have to wonder, is that who he is now with Arizona? Because there are a couple more mouths to feed in Arizona. And Kyler is not as much of a true, pure quarterback as some of the other quarterbacks that he's played with. DJ Moore for me is an upgrade. I think with Sam Darnold now being there, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I just he was not doing it for me. And then that's just Chris Godwin. And yeah, you're right, really, really good two years ago. And I thought that he was going to be the Julian Edelman to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady really did make great work of Mike Evans. So you know, I do have a deep wide receiver. It it is still like it is though a lot of question marks of who they are really going to be. I would say this is a solid receiver group, but it's not necessarily elite because some of those names have slipped into um, some territories where they used to be elite, quote unquote, but are now maybe wide receiver twos, maybe borderline wide receiver one. I'm looking more at the um, Allen Robinson's probably a low end wide receiver one, but depending on how things go, and I actually don't think he's going to have a bad year with Andy Dalton if Andy Dalton's health or healthy, but Chris Godwin, I don't know. It just depends on the week. He kind of falls into that wide receiver two category. DJ Moore was kind of an up and down season. He had a lot of great moments, but he also had these games where he disappeared because they'd go to Robbie Anderson a lot. And so I don't know if that's a matter of game planning so much as what the quarterback's capability was that remains to be seen. As far as Denzel Mims and Jalen Rager, out of a huge wide receiver class, those are two of the guys that probably either underperformed or just simply weren't on the field enough to perform. They both had long-term injuries last season in order to get on the field. We really never saw much from either of them in order to say, okay, these guys are valued or not. 
And so that's where the questions lie for me. Again, a solid receiver room that got you to the championship game, the runner-up spot, but ultimately didn't win you the, the whole thing. Quickly, I mean, I, I do, I think, you know, because we've talked about it a million times with wide receivers, it just takes a little bit longer. I'm, me, and this may be just me trying to talk myself off the ledge. Of course, I would have wished, I wish I would have taken like a Justin Jefferson now in hindsight and all that other stuff instead of Rager. But I'm not jumping off the cliff yet because I do really think that what these rookie wide receivers did this last year, the top echelon, was something that, truly incredible but maybe that we'll see moving forward but i don't think that's going to be the norm so i'm i am going to take the the patience route with rager and with mims because they do have big playability and i do think that they can be a big part of their offenses i wouldn't be too hard on the fact of taking rager as high as you were going into last season on him over some of these other guys because to be truth be told I literally took Brandon Ayuk or Justin Jefferson. I know Ben took T. Higgins just because they were names that were available and we were just trying to draft for potential value. Where they fell to you, too, in the draft, like you had the perfect draft spot last year. Well, and it helped that a couple of our league members were not even involved and were not <laughs> drafting their own positions hey, I'm or trying didn't to have you. similar draft strategy. Like, I, I don't want to say that I ha- had a great draft because of anything other than luck. Like, I my specific draft strategy was draft a whole bunch of rookies that have potential and are in good positions to potentially win. I, I Let's not make it more complicated than that. <laughs> So let's go finally to tight end. You have three currently on the roster. Evan Ingram, the often um, drop-prone Giants wide receiver, excuse me, tight end. Uh, Zach Ertz, who was one of the elite uh, top three a couple of years ago, obviously a uh, repercussion of the Eagles' current woes. And then finally, Rob Gronkowski, who ended up being your starter late in the season, pretty much through the playoffs, with that Tampa Bay system. I don't know exactly how I would stack your tight end group at the moment, but how do you feel going into this year? By far my weakest position. You know, a couple months ago before the college football season started, I really thought that I'd have a really good chance of getting Kyle Pitts, but not having a first round, I don't think he makes it out of the first round in our draft. He was, that was my plan. Like that was my plan that he was going to end up on my team this year. So, you know, Gronk coming back and him having such a good rapport with Tom Brady, that helps, but it's by far my weakest position, tight end. To be fair, you don't have a first or a second round pick this year. Correct. But at the time, at the time, I I had a second round pick. I still would have, but the trade there with Ed. Okay. So let's move this to its final conclusion. Is this team a title contender, on the rise, declining, rebuilding, or basement dwelling? Ooh, you're going to make me go first? You made um, me go first last last week. <laughs> I'm going to go with, I mean, on the rise is something for, like, when you got a lot of young, young talent. I don't think I'm super young, but I don't really think I'm declining yet either. So I'm going to do the thing that I did last time. I'm going to go in between on the rise and title contender, and I'm just going to put, like, hanging around. <laughs> okay. I I guess 
if we're going to put basement dweller, I should say maybe we should put something like uh, perennially in the hunt. Yeah, in the hunt is one. I'm in the hunt. On the rise, we'll put in the hunt between title contender. All right. And for my final opinions on your team and your roster. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'll I'll, I'll try and be gentle. Uh, (laughs) I think you know very well that this team is built on a lot of guys that are in their peak or their prime right now. Particularly at running back, you maybe have this year and possibly next year, depending on how it plays out for a couple of these guys to be at their absolute stud levels. I'm not saying like Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders, but really Ezekiel Elliott and Delvin Cook as like premier running backs, the the guys that are uh, competing for top five at the position probably have this year and next, and they probably already had their peak season per se. I still think Dalvin Cook is worthy of a top five position in the league, and he has at least two or three good years left in him. But I think last year is probably his best overall season because I really don't see him having another one where he's going to get 1,900 yards and 17 touchdowns. It's going to be really hard to repeat that anyway. So if you look at that factor, then throw in the fact that some of your wide receivers, you look at a Julio Jones that's already in somewhat of a decline from a health standpoint, not necessarily when he's on the field because he's still elite when he plays, but he only played, I think, half of the games uh, available last season. And the fact that on his own team, he's got another guy that he's now competing with for that, that target share in an offense that isn't supposed to be as um, fling it, let it fly type of uh, system that he's been a part of the last few years. I have my concerns as well about that Arizona offense with how it's currently constructed and how they position their wide receivers. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury will surprise me this year, but I'm not necessarily counting on it. I think you're in the hunt, but I don't think I would put you in on the rise either because none of the, these guys are necessarily in the up and coming list. Other than yeah. maybe Kyler Murray. I mean, we've we've talked about it before in our group chat. Like, I know I have a rebuild on the horizon, and I and I mortgaged a lot of that with the trades that I made this last couple of years, um, this this last year, and I know that. Um, but yeah, when you got a chance to go for it, you got to go for it, and that's what I've that's what I've been doing. I'll make it hang around long enough, but then then you go into the dynasty fun and try to rebuild. So. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm a shoe in like I was a couple of years ago. Um, I think there's a lot of very good young teams coming up, so it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see. There are a couple of pieces that if they end up having good years this year, you could make into build around guys. If, you know, if, particularly Miles Sanders, DJ right. Moore, Joe Mixon, right. those types of guys. Maybe if Rager or Mims ends up having a really good year too, I could see that. But I mean, I tight have end is going to be a, a struggle, and but uh, frankly, that's for everybody. So right, I have the pieces there. They just got to hit. That's all. And I, I just don't know or if they're at a point in their career where they can be counted on all the time. You know. As far as your starters, if I were looking at your team right now, I'd have Murray at quarterback. You probably have Cook and Elliott in your top two running back positions. Uh, likely you're going to have Nuke and Julio Jones at your top two wide receiver positions with Allen Robinson and I'd probably say Miles Sanders in your flex with 
probably Evan Ingram at tight end just out of I, I don't know whether OJ Howard coming back against Gronk uh, in Tampa Bay is going to end up somehow uh, neutering some of his uh, ability, but will we'll, remains to be seen. Tight end is kind of a crapshoot even on your team, uh, let alone in the the greater space. But you've got some guys that you could play with, and I think that most people would be satisfied with that starting lineup for the season, at least going in. It'll be a battle, that's for sure. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again soon to continue our off-season coverage. But until then, uh, wear a mask and we'll see everyone soon. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM. Anchor FM.